0: This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, The Radio Magazine, covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Well, good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24 7, The Radio Magazine. It's like Christmas as the wait for the Kentucky Derby is finally over because, of course, today is the first Saturday in May at Churchill Downs. One person who probably will have a pretty good seat today is friend of the show, jockey Mike Smith, who later on today will be aboard the undefeated Taba, who parlayed his maiden win in March to a handy victory in the Santa Anita Derby last month. Now, Mike is no stranger to the Kentucky Derby, having won it twice previously with Giacomo in 2005 and then Justify in 2018, which also saw the three-year-old go on to win both the Preakness and the Belmont, making him the last Triple Crown winner, the winner of 5,650 races lifetime. Mike has also rode the winners of over $339 million in purses and a resume that reinforces why Big Money Mike is a Hall of Fame jockey. Shortly, we will hear from Mike Smith as Larry Simpson had an opportunity to interview him earlier and we'll find out more about the undefeated horse Taba in today's Kentucky Derby and also what keeps Mike at the top of his game. In addition, today still on the topic of the Kentucky Derby, Jay Cornegay will join us this morning, and the friend of the show is Vice President of Racebook Operations for the Superbook at the Westgate at Las Vegas. Jay will join us this morning and not only talk about the Kentucky Derby and the recent betting action that the Superbook has taken on the Classic Race this week, but also we'll talk a little hockey, goalies go, with the Stanley Cup playoffs in full swing and at full speed and other gaming news involving Westgate's an op- awesome opportunity to talk to someone who's at the top of their game, All Also on the show recently, Sandra Snyder was named Ontario Racing Senior Manager and Governance. And Sandra, who also has a well-rounded background in the horse racing industry, will join us shortly. And we'll find out more about her impressive resume, some of the initiatives that Ontario Racing has planned, and also what is in store for the province's racetracks as the racing season has moved into high gear and the racing season heats up as we gradually move into the summer racing season. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day. Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. It's Kentucky Derby Day. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will, will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7 The Radio Magazine.
0: Ponies 24-7 The Radio Magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More more from the track when we come back on 1059 The Region.
2: Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets. Straight out of the gate.
3: and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca.
4: Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research.
0: This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Okay, then. Hey, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert on all things pony on this Kentucky Derby day, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Good. A lot of people have been looking forward to this for a long time. It's a big, big field. A lot of horses with some Canadian content at eight to one with Messier.
5: Yeah, it's a three million dollar purse, and uh, that's that's a lot of money. And yes, uh, Messier is. Uh, we've talked about him a few times on on the show. Uh, he, if he happens to win the Kentucky Derby today. Uh, he comes about pier and wins the Queen's Plate. He'd be the first horse to do that since the great northern dancer did it in
1: 1964. Zandon, Wightabariel, Mo Donegal, Taba. There is some wild horses here. It is such a difficult race to peg down and nail down because it's so wide open, Larry.
5: Well, you've got 20 horses to start with. Yeah. Uh, the... I think the the biggest thing and the most important thing is the break from the starting gate because it's it's like a cavalry charge coming out.
1: And you can get lost in the, the shuffle there. You
5: can get lost and a lot of times the Kentucky Derby is lost right at the start. So that's the key. Your horse has got to jump out and and, and break well and uh, you know get a good trip after that. So uh, but you know with 20 horses and they're drifting out and coming in and and that uh, it, a lot of it comes down to
1: racing luck. Already seeing a lot of stuff on social media, the amount of people rolling into Churchill Downs in Louisville, the hats, the clothes, the celebrities. It's a, it is such a massive event. It's the Super Bowl of horse racing. And well, everything's open now
5: too, right? Yeah. This is the first time in what, two years, I guess, that they've basically had everything open with all the food and beverage and, and, uh. Hats, as you say, yeah. and the social end of it. So uh, mint juleps, mint juleps. Yeah, I forgot about them. I said <laughs> yeah.
1: beverages. So yeah, it's pretty incredible. I I'm still look at tis the bomb at thirty to one. There's some I don't know. There's going to be some kind of wild upset. Definitely a uh, one big part of the the show and the show today and this race is Taba at twelve to one earlier. Our very own Larry Simpson in conversation with Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. Who will be aboard Taba at 12 to 1, and who knows what these two can cook up today at Churchill Downs? Well, friend of the
5: show, jockey Mike Smith, joins us today on Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine show. And today, Mike will be aboard Taba in today's running of the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs. Mike, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you. Thanks me on.
5: Oh, it's our pleasure. Uh, Mike, you've been riding horses for more than 40 years, and over that time, you've won. 5,650 races, two Kentucky Derbies, 27 Breeders' Cup races, which is the most of any jockey in history, and you are the last jockey to win all three races of the Triple Crown with Justify in 2018. Oh, and I almost forgot, your mounts have earned over $339 million during your career. I have to ask you, is there anything you haven't accomplished so far in your career?
6: Winning three Kentucky Derbies and two Triple Crowns? <laughs> <laughs> be something nice to add
5: to it. What makes you want to get up in the morning and keep riding? Uh, I
6: think most athletes, uh, you know, a lot of people in
4: general, even if they not happy, whether it be a business, or a successful businessman or whatever it is, they just have that drive, man. They
6: have that, uh, that drive to what makes them want to achieve the uh, best they can possibly achieve or uh, to be the best they can possibly be or, or, or even the best in the world. Uh, and I just, I kind of have that drive. I'm very competitive. i I. I I feel like I'm still learning. I, I, I'm my own worst critic. I, I'm harder on myself probably than anybody could ever be, uh, and that's just kind of who I am. I, it's my DNA, I guess.
5: What was it that made you want to become a jockey?
6: You know, I was raised around around horses. Uh, I had an uncle that trained, uh, who eventually taught me how to gallop. You know, got me started. Uh, you know, was an athletic person that loved to, to play sports and to compete and. and uh, I stayed the right size, and horse racing was uh, You know, I love I being around it, love going to the races, and I love watching it. And just I remember watching Secretary win the, the Kentucky Derby, and, and I thought, wow, I, maybe that's something I could do, you know, because I love horses so much, I love riding, and I'm not going to be big enough to, to be a linebacker or play in the NBA. so <laughs> man, Maybe that's, that, that's my calling. And then I just started from the next morning, started <laughs> so practicing. Before you know it they, you know I mean, here you are.
5: Do you remember that uh that first ride?
6: Oh yeah, the very first ride I, I uh, had a recognized racetrack. See I rode match races uh which are, are just kind of little bush races so to say they're not recognized, you know they're, they're just one farmer against another farmer or, or, or one guy who has a quarter horse that thinks he's faster than another than another's, uh, they'll, you know, they, they match him and we would race on Sundays, so I used to do a lot of that before I started professionally, but when I started professionally, my, my first ride, uh, I got beat a nose in a two year old race, for
5: four and a half for uh, a horse called Misty Fate uh, I'll never forget it. And what track was that at? That was in Santa Fe Downs, I think it was the following race, I, I was
6: blessed to won my, my first race for, for a trainer named Wilson Brown on a horse called Forever Man. So yeah, I remember most of them all pretty well. I, I can actually remember the
3: ones way back then better than I, I can but the ones from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's
5: talk about today's Kentucky Derby. Uh, you could say that the racing game is is very unpredictable. Some days, Is last fall, you won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile impressively with a horse called Corniche, who became the early Kentucky Derby favorite, but hasn't raced since. Now, your horse uh, Taba. Didn't make his first lifetime start until a maiden race at Santa Anita, which he won, and then he won the unhappy Santa Anita Derby in early April. It's kind of funny how things happen, eh?
6: It really is. Uh, you know, when Corniche, was, when I realized was, that Corniche wasn't going to make it back uh, in time, my hopes just kind of sank. And I, 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 I prayed about it, and, 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 and I just felt God was going to tell me, don't worry, something will come along. And then a week later, they decided to run Taiba in the... In the Kentucky Derby, and, and Johnny had to stay with Messier, and, and and here we are, man. Not only am I back in the Kentucky Derby, I'm I'm here with a really good legit
5: shot. All right, let's talk about Taba now. He's only got had two starts, and actually, it's a profile very similar to a horse that you're quite uh, familiar with, Justify, who not only won the Kentucky Derby in 2018, but went on to win the Triple Crown. Is there any similarities between these two horses, Mike? There's
6: uh, other than their size, justify was a, a, a real tall big bigger horse uh than cable Cable's more uh feels more like his sire, or gun uh, was which was not a very big horse but a, but with a, a good sized horse and and, and extremely well balanced as as justify was they both have a very high cruising speed they they both uh, but did not need the lead tight they, they they both had a brilliant mind. Uh, so although was a little a, a little less, uh, well, one race less than, than, than Justify was going into the derby, uh, he's extremely intelligent. So my main concern won't, won't be that, that the fact that he's only run twice as far as inexperience, it'll be the fact that he has the foundation to, to, to get the mile and a quarter. He looked pretty good in the San Anita Derby. I thought the best part of this race was, was, was at the end, he was really finishing strong. So. Going off of that, and if he improves off of that race, any at all, man, I just, uh, you know, if the sky's the limit for his horse. He's got that kind of ability. They're
5: both really, really challenging. And back in the day, Mike, it was usually unheard of for a horse to go right from a maiden special weight to a grade one and win, eh? Yeah,
6: without a doubt. I mean, this for horse probably wouldn't have either. It was just circumstances. You know, it got started up just a little bit later than they wanted to, but... He was so talented that the owner just wanted to take a shot. Uh, and, and, but then when, when he broke his maiden so impressively the way he did and, and, and threw that number up there, that was, uh, a lot like Justin fire, ran a 104 fire first time out, this horse run the 103, and well within himself. So, man, it, just, it made uh, Hammer, uh, the owner, the uh, dam, want to take a shot at it. And, and, and fortunate for this horse, although he didn't run as a 2-year-old, he never stopped training as a 2-year-old. So he was training all along. It was just... Uh, They were waiting for the right time to get him started. He was a horse that was kind of growing. And he needed some time after they bought him out of the cell. But he still got to train. It wasn't like he was on the shelf. And all of a sudden, they brought him back, got him ready for one race. And then, you know, here he is. He he trained all through the two-year-old year year with with all the other two-year-olds that turned three. Mm -hmm. So there was a whole lot more foundation underneath him than, than than you would normally think.
5: Now, do you think he can get the mile and a quarter?
6: I certainly know he could with a few with another race or two under his belt. Now, can he get the mile and quarter with only two? that That's the question. I think he can just going off of his stamina to derby race. But, I mean, that that certainly is what, what most people, you know, handicappers would be uh, concerned about. You know, uh, it is what it is. I, I know he's got a good foundation. I know where he comes from. I, I know the training he's been in. Uh, he looks absolutely wonderful. He's been training all week leading up to to, to, to the derby date. uh just, I mean, incredible. I mean, he looks amazing. So I believe he can, and, and only only uh, later on this afternoon will tell.
5: And one thing he's got going for him is usually the third start off a layoff is the horse's best, right? So technically this is his third start off a layoff.
6: You can jump well. You get away well. Uh, good Lord willing, he jumps well today if he does that he's going to put himself out of most of the traffic so that takes the inexperience part kind of out of it a little bit you know what i'm saying other than you know the crowd and everything else but no one else has ever run in a crowd like this either so rather you run you know twice or two times or five or six or seven times i mean no one sees the crowd like the derby crowd until you're actually here yeah Uh, but he's
5: got a great mind and again he's he looks good. He's training
6: good. He gets away. He gets away running like like I'm, I'm hoping he does. He should put himself in a really good spot. Uh, and listen, I mean, he, if, if, if for some odd
5: reason uh, he gets away that good and no one's going, he's fast enough to be on the lead. And he's trained well up to the the Derby today.
0: Extremely well.
5: Now you mentioned earlier about a horse by the name of Messier, which obviously. A lot of our listeners up here in Canada have been uh, following because the horse is a Canadian bred. What do you, what's your, uh, your 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 thoughts on, on Messi? Is, is he, he obviously is a nice horse, too. He's made it to the Derby, right? So
6: Oh, without a doubt. Uh, extremely talented, man. When he, when he runs his A-plus race, uh, no one's been close to him. Now, did he run his A-plus race in a 70 Derby? I, I don't know. We ran fast. Ran you know, we came back with another, another triple-digit buyer, so he, he certainly ran Certainly ran, but i've seen him when he's going a race where it's just freaky. i mean he's
5: got that kind of talent so i'll certainly keep my eye on him at, 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 at all times as well yeah yeah and i think what people are looking at too is the history involved that, that the last horse to win the kentucky derby and the queen's plate was northern dancer and this horse if if he happened to to win today uh then the, there'd be that opportunity that they may ship him up here for the uh for the Queen's Plate, and he would have the opportunity to be the first horse since Northern Dancer to uh, to accomplish that feat.
6: Without a doubt, he's Canadian Britain, so they can certainly, if they choose to go that way, they can certainly run better.
5: I want to put you on the spot here, Mike. Uh, you've rode a lot of nice horses, won a lot of stakes races. Uh, is it fair to ask you which horse was the best horse that you ever rode? Look, if you, if you want to go off straight numbers, like you know, who
6: ran the fastest number that, that I ever rode was a horse called Arrowgate. You know, I think he ran up a 100. I forget what his buyer was, but it was sick fast, man. It was one of the fastest, you know, one of the fastest travelers, one of the fastest Reader's Cups, and then he comes back and, and, and wins the Pegasus, and then he comes back and wins the, the Dubai World Cup you know, getting annihilated from the gate, coming from dead last, and beating a, a, a superior horse and gun runner who went on to never get beat after that. Uh, so numbers-wise, he would be, but you know, of course, look, I'm always going to have a special place in my heart for Holy Bull, and, and of course, the great Zenyatta, and it, it, during her time and her reign, she was the greatest during the Holy Bull's time, he was, but... I knew when Arrogate ran, his A-rate man. There was, there was nothing like. This.
5: Now, is there anything else that you haven't accomplished? That, like when you started out as a as a jockey, uh, is there anything that you haven't accomplished, or have you pretty much accomplished everything that you
6: wanted? Well, I've been <laughs> I've been really blessed. Well, I've had a, a tremendous career, and it still happening to this day. And I, I, I'm just actually loving it every bit as much now, if not more, than than I did back then. That, and I'm. Won just about every major race in, in the United States anyway, uh, other than maybe the Arlington Division. Not with Arlington Park, not running anymore. That opportunity that, isn't necessarily <laughs> gone because now Churchill Downs is taking over the Arlington Division. So, so I guess there's still that chance that to maybe win that. But that's that's one race I always wanted to win, is that, yes, because I rode in Chicago early on in my career, uh, that I haven't won. I've been second in it. Uh, and that's about, that's about as close as I've been I've only ridden it about four or five times so that would be one I'd love to win but I, I, I'll be honest with you huh? if I decided to walk away right now I, there, there's nothing that, that I would uh, I, I could do that with a big smile on my face man I really could I've been very blessed but, but I'm given this opportunity and I want to make the most of it I always thought that there was three derbies in my, in my career and, and, and this could be the third so let's see if we can get it done today
5: okay Mike thanks for doing this and safe travels later and Hopefully, at Churchill Downs today, you get that third derby.
1: Sounds like a plan. I like the way you think. Thank you. <laughs> when we come back, friend of the show, Westgate Sportsbooks, Jay Cornegay. Love that guy. Will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 the region. We'll be right back.
7: one vision.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Jay Cornegay joins us today. And for those who are not familiar with Jay, He is, beside being a nice guy, he is the VP of Racebook operations for the Superbook at the amazing Westgate at Las Vegas Casino, one of the largest sports books in North America, and today, of course, being Kentucky Derby Day, you can imagine how busy Jay and his crew will be, and all the money that's going to be laid down at his sports book. Jay, welcome to the show. We thank you so much for taking the time. It's greatly appreciated. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I know at a sports book like yours at Westgate Las Vegas, whether it's you know, the World Series or the Super Bowl or the Final Four. It's a big day. How big of a day is it with the Kentucky Derby?
8: Well, it's a combination uh, of things that uh, take place usually the first Saturday of May. And we always usually have a, a, a good UFC car. We usually have a fight. And that's exactly what we have, uh, you know, this Saturday. Uh, it's, uh, it's a triple header. We have a great race crowd. We'll have a a tremendous uh, crowd for uh, the fights tonight. And then, of course, Canelo is fighting later on. So it's a a triple header for us. And you put them all together, it's one of the bigger days of the year.
5: So do you find, Jay, that the people that are hanging around watching the Kentucky Derby, they're going to hang around and watch the fights as well?
8: Um, A lot of them, well, because the, the Derby keeps getting pushed back further and further, you know, it's not really expected to run until about four o'clock local time here. Uh, yeah, some of them will stick around and and uh, you know play the the late games, the late cards. Uh, the the fight uh, will probably be a little later. I'm not sure if they'll be able to hang on to you know eight thirty nine nine thirty local time, but uh, they'll be here for the beginning of the UFC card.
1: Now they always talk about the public money and the smart money on a big event. it's 20 horse field I mean, tis the bomb at 30 to one Zandon at three to one and all points in between. where's the public money where's the smart money going at your sports book?
8: Well you know a lot of public money on the the, the favorites out there you know epicenter and Sda Tava' uh, like getting a lot of attention they're kind of a um well I would say that was the sharp favorite guy now. Uh, horse, I should say, and then you know, there's there's a couple out there that you know the sharps are on. The sharps have taken a shot at this Crown pride. uh, For some reason, charge it got some attention from the sharper side as well. But Donegal is a nice uh, sharp play as well. They've they've uh, hit the number one horse that you know coming out of that one gate. But uh, that, that hasn't stopped some of that sharp money coming in on that one horse.
5: Hmm. Larry? So do you, do you do any special promotions in that for the Derby, Jay?
8: Yeah, we, we have a, a, a number of things uh, that we have going on, uh, you know, the Fridays. Uh, well, every Friday, uh, including this Friday, is you know, double points. We have double comp points. And then we have, uh, we have a, a hat contest that's going on for all the ladies out there. Uh, so uh, they can win uh, tickets to shows and dinners and, and so forth as they uh, dress up, uh, you know, in the spirit. Um, and then uh, we'll have a little get-together in uh, our ballroom uh, later on as uh, you know we gather uh, some of our VIPs, and not, not just race and sports VIPs, they're casino VIPs, um, along with our pl- uh, players as well, so we have a nice little uh, venue for them set up.
1: We want to, before we get to the NHL, NBA playoffs and all the betting action there, last time you were on, you were talking about moving to Colorado. Uh, Just inform the listeners, just give us an update on the expansion to Colorado and how that market is uh, shaping up.
8: Yeah, we've expanded uh, uh, to a number of states now. Superbook uh, is basically a separate entity. The only Westgate Superbook that we, we have is the one located here in Las Vegas. And outside of Nevada, they're all known as the Super Bowl. Mm. So we are active now in Colorado, New Jersey, Arizona, and we just opened up Tennessee last week. So uh, we expect about another two or three states uh, added to that list by the end of this calendar year. Uh, So it's rolling right along.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. With uh,
5: all these other U.S. states uh, legalizing gaming now, and now up here in Ontario, there's uh, legalized betting in that. Yep. Have you noticed any decline in betting at the sportsbook, the Superbook?
8: Oh, absolutely not. Actually, no? you know, we were kind of concerned about that. We didn't know exactly what to expect, but over the, ever since the expansion, uh, the, the sportsbooks in Nevada have been setting record numbers, uh, I, and it, it's really difficult to explain outside of, uh, you know, recently we, we've talked to a lot of people that have been coming back to Vegas that haven't been traveling over the last couple of years. But some of them have been introduced to sports gaming, you know, in their own jurisdiction, and they they always wanted to check this box of coming to, to Las Vegas. Now they're a little bit more comfortable with it. I think uh, a lot of them, uh, you know, eventually want to make it out to Las Vegas and experience all the, the, you know, the great venues that we have throughout the city. Uh, you know, you mentioned that we have, you know, one of the largest sports books in the world. We still claim to have the world's largest racing sports book, and it's over 30,000 square feet. And we're just setting record numbers uh, every single month. The handle is just skyrocketed, um, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, I guess the the comfort of, uh, uh, I guess the the convenience of betting, you know, through the mobile device. All those people that have been introduced to sports gaming, but also there's, there's, I, I think that uh, a lot of people are not going out as much still. They're still hunkered down. I mean, they might be going out a little bit, but uh, they feel very comfortable sitting at home in their couch betting on sports.
1: Speaking with Jay Cornegay, who is the awesome VP of Racebook Operations for the Superbook at the Westgate at Las Vegas Casino, and I think about Westgate Las Vegas, and you know, my wife and I would go there. And she'd totally be into Barry Manilow. We'd totally be in going to the restaurants, and she could do her own thing with her friends, and I could go with my boys to the sports book. And that's the one thing that separates it from the other states gambling is that destination, the entertainment, the food. It's it's kind of all right there.
8: Yeah, there's there's just so many things going on. We have you know world class restaurants up and down the strip. You know the the entertainment venues are second to none, and they just keep adding to those as you know, a couple more, uh, arenas are planned for Las Vegas. Uh, so the, you know, the, the sports world has really converged on, on Las Vegas in the last year and a half. And, and, you know, I think we're just getting started as, you know, we just had the NFL draft here and it w- it just was a tremendous, uh, weekend. Uh, so many visitors from, from outside came in, you know, we're, we're going to, we hosted the PAC 12 championship and, you know, the super bowl is coming in about 21 months. So, A lot of lot of uh, big events, especially on the sporting side, have now have Las Vegas on their calendars, and people are really converging to it, and that's just adding to already the you know we call ourselves the entertainment capital of the world, and I I believe that's true. We we just have so many great offerings here that uh, um, you know once people get back and comfortable traveling again. Uh, you really saw those numbers pick up.
1: I know Larry wants to touch on the NHL playoffs. I just wanted to ask you quickly about the Phoenix Suns, the two and zero in their series, and some of the action in the NBA playoffs because there's some interesting series shaping up. Uh, what's the action been like at your sportsbook in the NBA playoffs?
8: You know, it, it, it's pretty interesting that you, you bring that up because um, you know we usually have maybe two or three games, uh, you know, going on playoff games and. and the results for sports books are very volatile you know you know every i mean every year but especially this time of year when the focus is on a, just a couple of games each and every night and and this is what i get my senior executives you know to get used to because it's a roller coaster ride you know if the If we lose both games, you know, it's not going to be very, you know, pleasant looking at those (laughs) results in the morning. Uh, You know, we're just hoping that we, you know, split them. You know, if we win both, that's great. But uh, it's a roller coaster ride with these results and the way these things are scheduled. So uh, the action has been hot and heavy. I mean, not only the NBA, but the NHL playoffs as well.
5: Perfect segue. Let's talk NHL playoffs. Is there any less interest now because the – Vegas team is out?
8: Uh, Absolutely not. Really? Uh, They are uh, hitting it pretty good. Now, Vegas, uh, you know, the locals are obviously disappointed in watching the playoffs from the stands this year for the first time ever. But uh, they get it. They understand. You know, they went through a very difficult season with number of injuries and and, and just lost, you know, a lot of man games lost there. I think it was over 500, which is like unheard of. Mm. And uh, not only were they, you know, the injuries, I mean, every team suffers injuries. We know that, but uh, some of the top players were gone for a long period of time and they tried to rush it into the playoffs at the end of the year. It just didn't quite make it, uh, which is understandable. Uh, The chemistry just wasn't there, but that. You know, hasn't deterred the action on the NHL playoffs. You know, the books, the only thing the books ask, can we just get an upset here and there? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's what we're asking the same thing, Jay. Um, We're a couple weeks from the PGA championship. Uh, Tiger Woods, we know, moves the needle television wise. Does he still move the needle when it comes to the sports book in Vegas?
8: Oh, yeah. Whenever he plays in an event, um, I mean, even for this this past year's Masters, I mean, there was just so much action on him. We had him like a, as high as a uh, hundred to one. Oh. And, um, and you know, obviously that's going to open some eyes and open up some pocketbooks, which that's exactly what happened. And, uh, I was, I was going to say if, uh, you know, Tiger would have won that. I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. <laughs> uh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. You know, we, we thought he was a little rusty, you know, coming right back and that's what he was. But, I thought it was quite the accomplishment uh, by him make it, making that uh, cut. But whenever he plays, you can definitely see that needle move on the golf handle.
1: Follow Westgate Vegas w- at Westgate Vegas on Twitter, Westgate Las Vegas. It is the sports book on the strip and always a pleasure to talk to Jay Cornegay. Jay, your insight is always is so appreciated. We thank you so much for being a friend of the show and look forward to talking to you down the road.
8: Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great
6: weekend.
1: You too. Take care. After the break, when we come back, Ontario Racing Sandra Snyder will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine show, the Kentucky Derby Edition. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com.
1: Leave it Ontario to your Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 virtual seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard-bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a 101 setting or as a group for a list of seminar dates. And to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse-ownership today.
7: Live harness racing
5: continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big M's Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app, and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience.
7: Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Sandra Snyder joins us today, and Sandra is Ontario's Racing Senior Manager, Horse Improvement Program, in governance, and is part of the hard-working Ontario racing team whose duties have certainly ramped up lately with a number of the province's racetracks opening up shortly for the 2022 season. Sandra, it's a pleasure. Welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine.
9: Thank you very much
1: for having me. I, as I alluded to in the intro, this is becoming a busy time for, for your standpoint, for you and your team. How busy, try to explain to the listeners, the next few weeks will be leading into Victoria Day and beyond.
9: There is a lot on the go. Every member of the team has a lot on the go, just trying to get to support our racetracks as they get underway, uh, planning our own events that we're going to racetracks to participate in, and uh, you know, keeping in touch with horse people in terms of developments that we're working on within the team.
5: You should be kind of used to that, though. You've, you've got a background in the horse racing industry, correct? I do, yes. And it was uh, with what?
9: So I started out, I paid for my university education working summers at Cantario Farms with Mm -hmm. Samaritan Foles and Yearling, Mm -hmm. um, which was right around the time that Balanced Image was attracting some of the best mares across North America. So it was an incredible introduction to the standard bread industry. And then I was lucky enough to work at the Standard Bread News, which uh, was a newspaper that focused on standard bread racing at the time. And then I spent some time at Elmira Raceway. And then I was lucky enough to um, be asked by Gary Forrester, who was at that time publishing the Canadian Sportsman, to help cover the Ontario statistics program. And I did that for more years than I'm going to tell you
4: today.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you brought up a lot of names that I know. I actually did all the advertising for Canterio firms at, at one mm-hmm. time and uh, knew Gary quite well and supplied him some ads and that. So, uh, yeah, there's, uh, we have a lot of connections in common.
9: Yeah, I've been incredibly fortunate with the people that I've had venture me through this industry
5: over the years.
1: Was this a childhood thing, Sandra, where you were young, fell in love with horse racing, and just never left?
9: That is exactly it. I grew up 10 minutes from Mohawk, so it was kind of inevitable that I was going to get introduced to Sandra And then the first horse I bought was an off-the-track thoroughbred, and the second one was a quarter horse. So I you, think it, this was meant to be.
1: You've covered <laughs> all the angles. Uh,
9: I really have.
5: Maybe for our listeners, you can kind of explain your role now with uh, Ontario Racing. You basically just started, what, in, in December, I believe?
9: I did. I started December 1st, and it's sort of a, a three-part role at the moment. The biggest one is supporting the horse improvement program at the Quarter Horse, Standard Bred, and Thoroughbred Um level. So we have three incredible program coordinators that I was lucky enough to join the team and um, supporting them in their work and making sure that uh, breeders' rewards get out to people, that the uh, different breed development programs are unrolled, and that all their new ideas and their new initiatives and the committees that they are supporting, the Quarterverse and Standard Bred and Thoroughbred Improvement Committees that are setting the programs, that all of the great ideas that they have are getting unrolled on time and on budget.
1: Speaking with Sandra Snyder from Ontario Racing, and in the Twitter feed, Ontario Racing says three breeds, one vision. How difficult of a challenge is it from your standpoint to make sure that all the breeds are treated fairly and equally when you know that there is often more spotlight in one or the other?
9: I think the thing that has been most interesting for me coming into the role of a new person's it's the opportunity to listen to all the different stories and all the different avenues that each of the breeds are pursuing in their own marketing and uh, breed development and things like that. There's areas that we can help spotlight in all three of them, great things that are happening in all three programs. So it's our job to help elevate that as much as we can.
5: Maybe uh, you can talk about some of the initiatives that Ontario Racing is uh, uh, working on right now and basically in the process of rolling out.
9: We have a lot of interesting things on the go. Um, There are going to be some interesting government things that are going to be announced in the next four weeks that I I will leave to our communications person, Austin, to share with you when that comes to pass. I don't want to steal his thunder. Um, We're really looking forward to getting back on track and connecting with horse people uh, through the new... uh, planning to be at Flamborough on May 21st for the first prospect series because there's some additional racing opportunities there, and we want to connect with people and make sure that they understand the extra opportunities that are available for them. We've got a full-year plan with the Thoroughbred Improvement Program in terms of how we're marketing and advertising and encouraging people to come and race in those races that are so beneficial to Ontario Bred and Ontario Sired Horses. And I am really looking forward to getting up to Ajax Downs and and making some new connections in the quarter horse industry and supporting them as they uh, continue to attract new owners and new horses into their program.
1: I know breeder Brian Malloy recently talked about the success of the mare recruitment program. For people maybe unfamiliar with it, what is that?
9: So it is a program that allows People who are not residents of Ontario to bring a mare into the province to foal so that their resulting foal can take advantage of the Ontario bred status. So that benefits our Ontario farms and their suppliers, their feed suppliers and the veterinarians and blacksmiths, because the mare is resident here for this period around which she's foaling. And there's another incentive if the mare stays and is bred back to an Ontario stallion the following year, there's another incentive there so then the next goal would be also benefiting from being Ontario sired so the response to that program since its role it has been tremendous um, and to have a horse like Brian's have the success that she's had so early this year has been you know testament to the fact that the you know the committee's decisions to use their funds that way have been beneficial to the industry
5: If you had to describe your role with Ontario Racing, would you say that it's part administrator, part marketing, a combination of both, or maybe some other things thrown in with it?
9: All of those things, I think. The governance piece is really interesting because I'm able to support all of the committees. And we have some, our board of directors is great. The men and women who are serving the committees are tremendous. And just being able to help them facilitate their vision is, really enjoyable and to be able to support the horse people as they're participating in the program. So there's that sort of support and administration side and then I help out the marketing and communications team as they are marketing and promoting those programs and um, I've even had a chance to sort of work a little bit with our finance team as they liaise with the racetrack. So there's a lot of different aspects to
1: it. It's obviously listening to you, Sandra, that with your knowledge and experience and your passion that Ontario Racing is in good hands, but What are some of the challenges facing you and Ontario Racing through this year and the next couple of years?
9: One of the biggest things that industry-wide, North America-wide, we're all working hard on is horse supply. That's something that comes up all the time. And making sure that we're continuing to grow and develop the wagering base, both in Ontario and across North America and the world, actually. Because one thing we learned during the pandemic is that the Ontario product is attractive, in a lot of markets. So those are two things that are always top of mind for our team and for really every team that's working in Ontario horse racing across the province.
5: We had uh, John Hayes, your chairman, on uh, for a couple of our shows and that. And one of the things that he had mentioned too, and he basically agreed with that, that you got to do something with the wagering to make it more attractive and maybe look at more exotic bets and, you know, rolling jackpots in that. Would you agree?
9: We have um, a committee, a customer advisory and new technology that's working on some interesting things right now. They're actually scheduled to meet again at the end of the month and, and connect on some of those, those projects. So hopefully there's some more to share about that in the future.
1: I know you were recently a part of the O'Brien Awards and media excellence. When when your work and your accomplishments get acknowledged like that, being nominated, how does that feel to you?
9: It was a huge honor. As I'm sure you probably both of you can appreciate when you're working as a publicist for a program, you don't always get to tell the stories (laughs) that resonate across Canada, which is kind of one of the requirements for an O'Brien Award, but... Uh, working as a columnist for Story Racing Update, I was lucky enough, I've been lucky enough over the last couple of years to tell some really great stories and connect with some really great people around those stories. So it was a huge honor to be nominated. And amongst the people that I admire, whose writing I admire, who have been nominated and who have won O'Brien Awards, it's, it's I'm pretty proud to be in that company.
5: So I guess what you could say is you've got a dream come true job, right?
9: I do. I literally wake up every day and I'm so excited to get cracking on the projects that we have. I just bought a bulletin board for my office to tack up all of the great ideas and things that we like to do and watch to be able to track them as we get them done because Gordon has to remind me pretty regularly that we can't do all of the things today. (laughs) Some of them might have to wait until (laughs) next year, so
1: but do, does that ever give you pause, Andrew? that you, you're in that position that you love so much thinking, wow, I, I never thought when I started this journey, I'd be where I am, but that's pretty cool.
9: It's amazing. Yeah. The, the kid who fell in love with watching the Kentucky Derby on television now to now be in the position to be cheering for an Ontario bred in the Kentucky Derby tomorrow, Messier, it's pretty amazing.
1: Sandra, thank you so much for doing this. Continue great work with Ontario Racing. Uh, they are in good hands with people like you at the helm. Uh, we really appreciate it. We hope to talk to you soon someday.
9: I'd be happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much for inviting me.
1: It's a pleasure. Hey, after the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today. I think there's something called the Kentucky Derby happening. Hello around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and of course some racing at other North American tracks as well. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Hashtag Kentucky Derby. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocketship Racing. We will be right back. Stay tuned.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine Woodbine Mohawk Park on Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing.
7: Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with live horse racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app
4: Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research.
0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Okay then, hey, before we wrap up our show course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be? Without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems, as Larry gives us his ponies picks of the day sponsored by Rocketship Racing, and man, this is—if there's ever a day for Larry to be hot, today's the day, Larry. I want to be hot. I want sizzling
5: hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's start. Uh, well. There's sure it's Kentucky Derby day, but there's some good racing. Absolutely, elsewhere. yeah. Uh, Woodbine has a ten race card today. A good card with a post time of one ten Eastern for the first race. Uh, race eight is a five furlong event for maiden three year olds and up with an optional claiming tag of forty thousand dollars. A purse of sixty four thousand three hundred dollars mm-hmm. It's five furlongs on the synth- synthetic uh, Tapeta surface. Number two, Blue Max, hails from the Stronix stable and looks, uh, I think, pretty solid against this uh, group today. Uh, last year, uh, Blue Max stopped, uh, started seven times, finished in the money in six of those races, so you got to like that, And including his best start of the year, which happened to be his first lifetime start on June the 13th at Seven Furlongs when he finished second beating the neck after leading at the head of the stretch. So this horse looks like he likes to run fresh. That's what we've got today. This is his first start of the, uh, the season. Uh, I really think that the, this horse is probably going to be a good good shot. You might not get the best price on him because uh, leading jockey Camura is riding. Mike Doyle, his uh, trainer, has won two races out of five already this year. But I, I really like this horse. and uh, So I'm going with uh, Woodbine Race 8, number two, Blue Max. Nice. Next? Well, Woodbine Mohawk Park, they have a 12 race card tonight. And, uh, race four is a one mile pace or purse of, uh, $21,000. Uh, number three, it's in the stars. I like that name. It's a great I name. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's in the stars, not the Dallas stars, I guess. It's just the stars. So, but, uh, this horse has been a picture of consistency this year, finishing in the money nine out of 13 races. So that's pretty good. Uh, his last two races, he has finished third. In each race, he's paced his last quarter, and listen to this, 26 and two last week, 25 and four the week before, and he still finished third <laughs> in both the races. Wow! So He's really in great shape. Uh, he was race timed in 151 and two last week when he finished third, and he was actually bet down to five to two odds, so a lot of people obviously liked him in there, so... Uh, I think the fact that It's in the Stars is back in the same class tonight should really help. He retains driver Jody Jameson, and uh, he should be able to map out a good trip for uh, It's in the Stars from post three. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race four, number three, It's in the Stars. I
1: like that. I like that. What's next?
5: Okay, Santa Anita has a 10 race card today, and race seven is a maiden special weight for three-year-old fillies and mares, a purse of $67,000, and it's one mile on the turf. Number four, Ballet Dancer, was a horse that I actually put on my watch list uh, after it uh, raced last October and haven't seen this horse since then, but uh, uh, this filly was really well regarded when she debuted last October in a one mile turf special weight, which is what she's in again today. And although she finished third, she did break from the gate slowly and lost a ton of ground because she was three and four wide throughout most of the race. And it was actually just forced three and four wide. And part of it was probably greenness on the horse too. So uh, ballet dancing has been working steadily since April 3rd uh, in seven day intervals, which is great. And this horse was actually an $800,000 yearling purchase in 2020. So there's obviously some pedigree there. It's a grass pedigree. Uh, Trainer Simon Callahan is uh, great, uh, he's 25% with first-time Lasix, which his horse is on Lasix today. And uh, I think uh, you know this horse should get the job done, but again, it's made in special weight, the horse has been off, but it looks like uh, this horse raced well last year off the off the layoff. So let's let's do it again. So Santa Anita Race Seven, Number Four Ballet Dancing,
1: and the big Kahuna just before 7 p.m. today, approximately 6:57, depending if the horses behave themselves getting into the starting gate. It's the Kentucky Derby.
5: Was that what it is? Yeah, I oh. believe so.
1: We my friend. Oh,
5: let me see what I got for that. one. <laughs> Hold on a sec here. <clears throat> uh, okay, it's Race Twelve. As we mentioned earlier in the show, it's a three million dollar purse and it's a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Uh, as I've mentioned in previous shows, I have some future wagers on Mo Donegal, Tis the Bomb, and Cyberknife.
1: So, good, uh, good futures.
5: Yeah, I, I like my chances on all of them. And so I really, you know, I'm not going to bet to any of these horses to win uh, because I've already got it covered in the uh, futures. But I do like the chance, and this is after speaking with Mike Smith uh, earlier, I like the chances of number 12, Taba. Um, this horse reminds me so much of the Triple Crown winner Justify, who was also ridden by Mike. And I especially like the fact that Taba will be making his third start off the layoff and do like the fact that he's the best has the best last race buyer and he's tied with Messier for the best second last race buyer. So, uh, But I think one of the key things is it's very difficult for a horse to break its maiden and then move into even an allowance race, and come back and win. Well, this horse went from a six-furlong maiden race to a mile and an eighth race at Santa Anita and won the Santa Anita Derby, a grade one, right off its maiden. Mm -hmm. So to me, that takes a special horse, and I think this is a very special horse. It's a very competitive field. I think you could throw a blanket over a lot of them, but I really like the fact that I think was coming in Uh, and uh, coming in sharp, and I like the fact that he's gone from a a maiden special weight to winning at a mile and an eighth is a key distance for these horses, too. It's a little more in the mile and a 16th, -hmm. but your next step then is the mile and a quarter. So I always look at, and if it's a mile and a quarter race like the Derby and that, if the last race with a mile and an eighth, I I give them some extra points. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a win bet on Taba Okay, 12, and then I'm going to take an exactor box, which I did kind of last year, and I would have had the exactor. You know, well, but... Bob
1: Baffert messed you up. <laughs> That's not your exact- fault.
5: I was second and third, but now I'm first and second, but I didn't get a payoff. Yeah. But, so let's hope we have a little better luck uh, today. So uh, I'm going to take a, an exactor box on number one, Modonegal, number nine, Tisla, hmm. number 16, Cyberknife, and number 12, Tega.
1: No Messier in there. I'm surprised, well, because you, you have been you've been pretty high in Messi, in eight to one. I'm um, well, I'm not questioning. I'm just kind of surprised he didn't make the cut.
5: I think. It was, it was very difficult, uh, to make the cut, hmm. but, uh, I also go back to the race at, uh, you know, at Santa Anita right. and Messier was beaten by, uh, Taba. Okay. And, okay. Uh, you know, to me, I, you know, maybe Johnny Velasquez, uh, kind of, you know, knew he had uh, enough points to qualify for the Derby. So he saved a little bit in the tank and that's something that we'll find out, uh, a little later, but, uh. I think that, um, as I said, you, you look at a horse that's gone and won at the mile and an eighth distance. Messier hasn't. Uh, Cyberknife has, too, just throwing that out there. If you're maybe looking for a long shot win, and Tis the Bomb is also won at a mile and an eighth. So uh, there, I'm talking circles, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, look, Mark Misty, if you're listening, I'd be very disappointed if you're not a Churchill Downs this weekend to watch a horse named after you in the Kentucky Derby because we know our hockey players love their horse racing. So, no, great picks. Look for them on your social media. You can see it on Larry's Pony's 24-7 social media on his Twitter. He gives his picks Saturday. So, just to recap, you can find it there. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Pony's 24-7, the radio magazine, the Kentucky Derby edition. And just a reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of it, of Ponies 24-7 magazine. Email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, as even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to this amazing cause. Stick around, 105.9 The Region, all weekend long. The feed with the now nominated and awarded Ann Warmer standing by York Region's only magazine show, Ann Warmer, the broadcast legend. I'll be back here Monday morning. I like tis the bomb and mess day. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. who loving it.
0: Ponies 24-7, The Radio Magazine, with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.